Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right. Amen. 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 Everybody lean up, lean up, get in the edge of your seat, lean up because God's word is that good. Amen. I'm not that good, but God's word is that good that he could even make me sound good. Amen. Amen. God's word is that good. Now we've been talking about struggling for the last two weeks, haven't we? That's probably not an amen, but me and you, I know, we understand. ¿Qué pasó? <laughs> he having too much fun. You can keep laughing and dancing over there. It's good. <laughs> Amen. We've been talking about struggles for the last two weeks. We've been doing a word study on the word worship. And, and for the last two weeks, it, it ended up in Job. And man, Job has been a hard book to preach through. Job is, is a tough thing to talk about. Struggling is a tough thing to talk about. Just in these last two weeks, let me give you the list of the stuff that we've gone through in these last two weeks. We have had multiple cars breaking down. AAA knows my cars by heart now. They've been taking them all over the city. We've had two surgeries. We've had trips to the hospital. We've had three deaths. The latest of which caused my guest speaker for today to have to fly out last minute to Florida. So pray for me because this was written Saturday night in my heart. Amen. God is good. So, so I'm eager. I'm eager to move on through this period of struggle and into victory. Amen. I'm eager to go from glory to glory to glory to glory as the word of God says that, that we're, that his believers are called to go, right? And so, but, you know, we have to get, get through. There's, there's always gonna be struggles. We're gonna have our mountaintop experiences where, man, we feel like nothing can touch us, where we feel like we're more than conquerors. We're overcomers in his name. Amen. We're going to have those times where we feel like God is right there just for me. And then we're going to have those times in the valley where it just feels dry. Anybody been there? Have you been to both though? Amen. Let's give God glory for that, right? Let's not just talk about the struggles, right? I thank God because God knows we can't get through too many valleys without some mountaintops. Amen. And so, so, but, but there's, there's going to be both. There's going to be those times where things, where, where it seems like God is just too busy with everybody else to listen to us, to even hear our cries, where, where it feels like our prayers are in vain, where it feels like our cries are wasted. There's going to be, you know, those times where we just feel that way. But if you're a mature believer, you know that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. It does say that, right? That I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. It says that, right? So, so we need to, you know, b- b- rely on that and believe on that. But sometimes you just feel that way, right? Here's my, I like to start with a quote each week. And here's the quote for today. God, who foresaw your tribulations, your troubles, has specially armed you to go through it not without pain, but without stain. Amen? 
That was C.S. Lewis. Not without pain, but without stain, which is right in with the word of God in Ephesians 5.25, where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So God's entire plan is to present us to himself without stain. Amen? But in this life, we get stained, don't we? Right? And, and like Hispanics have, have special remedies for taking all kinds of stains out, don't we? Right? I'm sure all the cultures do, but I, you know, I, I only know ours. Right? How do we take out oil? baby powder how do we take out blood peroxide that's works that works how do we take out grease soap dishwashing soap that works yeah you're just throwing stuff out without knowing see we wash things differently we you know we use different solutions and different how do we get wrinkles out iron and what's the iron the iron is something hard and something hot and we gotta press right sometimes to get the stains out and get the wrinkles out we gotta get pressed and we gotta get mixed with a lot of different stuff and we gotta go in through a spin cycle or two amen we have to go through things in order to come out on the other side a different way right one of the, the webster's definitions for struggles another one says it this way to make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint or constriction. That's a struggle. To make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint. And I was thinking about that. I had gotten about this far in my message on Saturday when my wife had been outside cutting trees and cutting clippings and cleaning the backyard. I felt bad she was out there for hours. And so I said, let me go out there and help her clean it up. Little did I know we had 21 bags to pick up because she just OD'd and went and like cut everything, right? 21 bags later, I, I was returning to the room to, to, to write the message later. It was dark already. But as I was out there, I was thinking about this forceful and, and fr to try to get free, that that's a struggle. And I noticed some trees. Do we have those pictures? I tried to bring one for you, but I, I forgot this morning. But I, I did take some pictures. And I noticed as I was out there um, picking things up that a lot of the trees, that's an S, but a lot of the trees had these vines wrapped around them, right? And I had noticed this before, and we've, and we've talked about it. And, and, but I noticed that more and more as, as I was looking down the street and down the road, the whole, the whole street is lined with trees and bushes, this, these vines had just gone wild on these trees. And so trees that were normally reaching out, you know, because a tree needs sunlight. And so a tree will do anything it, 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 it can to, to get itself in the place where it can get some sun. And that's a whole other sermon in itself. It's incredible how nature declares the glory of God. Amen? But... Um, I, I was looking and, and, and I've seen how all of these trees and, the, and, 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 and branches on the block, they fight to get an unblocked area where they can get some sun. Like on, on the avenue that I live on, the side street, there's trees on both sides of the street and they, and they, you know, they meet. 
already. It's, it's a beautiful, you know, it's nice to see it. But if you look at some of those trees, you'll see that a tree from this side is leaning desperately this way because it's trying to get itself in the sun because it needs the sun to survive. It needs the sun to survive. Amen? And so I've seen, I've noticed on some of those trees, they're leaning this way, but because those trees are blocking them, this tree will send out a branch. And I don't know, you know how long this takes. I'm sure it takes years. But this tree will send out a branch, and, and you could come to my house and see them. I'm not lying, making this up. It'll send out a branch from here in the middle of the street all the way into my backyard and up. And I think, man, how... How did that tree do that? You know, how long did it take for that to happen? But the bottom line is the tree knows that it needs sun. And so over here it's blocked. So I, I need to come this way to get myself in the sun because nature knows that you got to do anything you have to do to get yourself in the sun. I'll let that, I'll let that sink in for those of you who are a little slower. Trees know that they need the sun to survive. And it, it, it's called photosynthesis. Right? Oh, you, you cut that class. Or you, you, got, you were there that day. <laughs> photosynthesis, you learned it. It's the process by which plants use the energy from the sun to produce sugars. And see, all green plants need the sun. And so God created them that way. And, and look, at, look at this, this little history lesson real quick. It, it's incredible. Plants eat carbon dioxide and put out oxygen, okay? We put out carbon dioxide and need oxygen. Is that a coincidence? No. Is that evolution? How could it be evolution? Because if it didn't work from the beginning, we would never survive. You understand? Evolution would take millions of years to, to produce something. It would take years. And so that means everybody along the way would die. There'd be no oxygen. So there would be no one to evolve, correct? The science is so ridiculous, right? It's so simple, and we try to make it so complicated. But I'm watching these trees because they need the sun, and they're doing anything they can to get in the sun. But here come these vines, and I've been watching as these vines just wrap up and these vines wrap themselves around these trees. And it's incredible because I've seen, I see in the little branches, the trees, you know, branches that try to reach out to the sun. And this vine has wrapped around it so tight that it brings it down. And then, and, and I don't know how long this takes. It looks scary. It looks like a horror movie if you really focus on it. But it's wrapped around so tightly that it brings the branch down. And a lot of these vines, even on the big trees in, in, in the, on the street there, it's wrapped around so tightly. Did we get those pictures? Oh, we can't really see. Go to the next one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so <laughs> it, it wrapped around the branches so tightly that it holds the tree down. It keeps the tree from, from, from spreading. It keeps the tree from, from growing out, Right? And so you can see the evidence. You see one? Yeah, look at that. Isn't that incredible? This is a vine wrapped around this tree. I mean, you're talking about some serious vineage. Vineage, if that's a word. That's some serious vineage. It wraps around the tree and it just holds it. It restricts it. And it keeps it from doing what it wants to do. Right? And so, see, I'm not talking about 
I'm not talking today about, you know, restoring the rainforest and Greenpeace and all that. I mean, that's important stuff, but that's not, that's not where I'm going with this. See, for me, I was getting this picture of these trees entangled and their branches wrapped so tightly to the base that they could no longer grow out. And I was seeing God's people so entangled and so, so tied up by, by everything that they struggle with, by the things in this world, by the things that we allow ourselves to struggle with that they can no longer spread out. And some of these trees now that used to stand tall and have branches reaching out almost like a worshiper, these trees now have their branches torn down and wrinkled over because they're being pulled down. And, and this picture was just amazing to me. And I was like, wow, you know, it's just such a picture of the body of Christ today. The sad thing is that, you know, we've, We've talked about struggles that God allows, and we've talked about struggles that God even designs, struggles that we have to go through, right? But there are also those struggles that we don't have to deal with, and there's struggles that we wrap ourselves up in. There's struggles that we tie. See, I, I wanted to get him to tie himself up, but I, I, that would be just asking too much. You know, it would have, it would have been a, a hard job. But because the real picture is we tie ourselves up with struggles that we don't have to struggle with. Tell somebody, you don't have to struggle with that. Some things... Something, there, there are a lot of things that, that we don't have to struggle with. And I saw these trees just pinned down and they couldn't raise their arms and, and, and they're struggling with things that they didn't have. That wasn't God's design. And I thought this was just my backyard, but I started looking on the internet and this is happening in the forest everywhere, in rainforests. These vines are choking, they're called choking vines, and they're choking the life out of our trees. And that increases the carbon, carbon dioxide and decreases the oxygen. That gives us a problem in the world, doesn't it? So this is happening globally, but to me, it's a picture that God is showing us in the spirit. That we need to stop struggling and putting ourselves in things that we struggle with that we have no business struggling with. Amen? And so what I, what I want to do today is start to free you. <laughs> that means we just play it backwards now. We rewind after he's done all this work. Because you see, Mark, try to, try to worship. Try to be free. Try to get a two-step on to the right hymn. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's stuff that hinders us. And, and I see it. You can see it here in church. Just come and stand in the back or stand in the front and look this way. And you'll see who's bound. And you'll see who can't get free. And you'll see who, who wants to. Because sometimes you see it in people's eyes. You, they look at people that are jumping up and down like idiots. And, and they go, man, I wish I could be an idiot like that for Jesus. I see it in your eyes sometimes. You say, man, I wish I could be crazy for God like that. I wish, I, but I'm too old. I'm too dirty. I'm too sinful. I'm too ashamed. I'm too fearful. I'm too, I'm too, I'm too everything until the worship is over. And then you excuse yourself to death. I, I, church, I, I want to free you so that your arms could lift I want to free you. I want to be able to release you so that you only go through the struggles that God intended you to go through. 
Because those are good for you. Because, see, if you don't go through the struggles that you need to go through, see, if, if my man here hadn't, hadn't done some struggling, his arms wouldn't be brolic. That only comes from struggling, right? If you got like somebody that's, you know, 40 pounds hold wet, they, they, there's not a lot of struggle in their muscles. But if, there's, if you see somebody that has a little... Right? A, a, little, a little buff on them. It, that came from struggle. That's what we do in the gym or exercise. That's struggle. We fight and fight. And through that, we get built up. It's the same thing in the spirit. Amen? Thank you, guys. Thank you. So the first one, I started asking my wife late last night, what are some things that we struggle with that we don't have to struggle with? And it, that wasn't so easy. I said, man, I got a great message here. But then I couldn't think of any. I said, but surely there are some. And so the first one I thought of was fear. Fear is a struggle that we struggle with that we don't have to struggle with. Say amen. amen. I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I was a really, really young kid. And I always wanted to go to movies with my cousins. I don't know if my mother knows this, so I might get in trouble. But I always wanted to go to the movies with my cousins because I had older cousins and I had younger cousins. I didn't want to hang out with the younger cousins. I want to hang out with the older cousins, right? Because those are the cool cousins, the older ones. And so one day, see, my mama didn't let me go out too much when I was a kid. I'm trying not to look over there. But, but one day she let me go to the movies with my cousins. And I was so excited. I don't know how old I was, 11, 12. I don't remember what what the age was, but I got to go with my cousins. My cousins lied to her and told her we were going to go see something else. And we went to see Friday the 13th. I know you guys are up to seven or eight and they're not scary anymore. They're funny. But Friday the 13th, part one, was horrifying <laughs> when you're this big. Okay? And so I got to hang out with my cousins and I saw Friday the 13th. And, and see, what I didn't know is that, see, I was a Boy Scout back then. And so I used to go camping. You remember the movie? It all happened in a camp. So I, I sat there for an hour or and a half or two hours and, and just letting that movie get in me. Because I was with my cousins. Yeah. I'm old. I'm big stuff. Right? And I got so scared. And from that day forward, fear gripped my life incredibly. Incredibly. I just knew that every murder in that movie was going to happen to me. Okay? I th there was a shower scene. She's in the shower. Wee -wee, and a knife comes through. And sticks her. I couldn't close my eyes in the shower. I just hope my face like this. I put shampoo in my eyes. I don't care. I'm not closing my eyes. Anybody know what, what I'm talking about? That fear that you know if you close your eyes for a minute, when you open, something's going to be right there to kill you. Right? I didn't want to lay down in my bed. Because if you remember a scene, they put, he put an arrow through the bed and it came up to his chest. Sorry for the graphic violence, but. Terrified. So I would sleep on my side. Because hopefully the arrow would miss you know, if, if he's, and then I get to run to my dad or something. But I got to tell you, I, I, I dealt with fear, 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 paralyzed. 
I was taught to fear. And then it didn't help either. Then I, I, I met Michelle. We started, all we got to do was go, when we were dating, was see horror movies. And so we saw two and three and four. And I think we stopped at three or four. But we saw Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Would that traumatize anybody? Right? When wickedness comes into your dreams, that was too far. It was one thing running away from a bad guy, but him coming in your sleep, bad. Oh, man, I dealt with fear for a long time. I didn't want to go to sleep at night. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to have the lights on in my room. I didn't want nothing. And then compound that later, I get, in, I get into a cult that's fear-based. And so now I just, I mean, fear has, like, there's more fear in me than anything else. Because I had so much fear in me. The, the, this cult which just taught me I needed to fear the devil, fear God, fear the spirits, fear the saints, fear the indios, fear the negros, fear the this, fear the africanos, fear this. <coughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Everything was fear. And, and I had to fear if people didn't like me. I had to fear if people wished me bad. I mean, Hispanics are bad with that, right? We, we had little babies and we put all this jewelry on them to protect them from spirits. Come on, right? Anybody here done it? Don't lie. We, we have a, uh, what, what do you call that little black? Sabai. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. For those of you that don't know, it's like a little black fist. You see it on little Hispanic babies? If you didn't know, that jewelry protects you from evil spirits. Because evil spirits that linger and walk around, when they see that jewelry, they run. Does that sound silly now? Don't it sound silly now? So anyway, I dealt with fear for a long time. Fear is a choking vine. Say amen. After God spoke to me and called me, fear was removed from my life. And I mean removed from my life. I don't struggle with fear no more. I close my eyes through the whole shower. I could care less. Because when I open it, there is nothing that's going to be there that I need to fear. I don't deal with fear no more. It's a beautiful thing. I used to be terrified at night to go to bed. When, when the clock started hitting 10, 30, 11, I said, oh, man. And, and my mother could tell you I was scared. I didn't want to go to sleep. I had fear grip my life because with the things that I was involved with, I'd see things moving in my room. My bed would shake and all kinds of weird, you know, spiritual stuff would happen to me as a kid. And I, I was totally, but listen, when God talked to me, when God said, I've called you by name, fear was gone. You know why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. And so I just want to, I, I, let me give you two or three verses just to, to start untangling that fear off of your lives. Because see, look, First um, John 4, 18 says, perfect love drives out fear. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Say, not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam. And how many know this has been happening all over the world right now? 
Though the mountains quake and with their surging, the, in the Psalms we find Selah. Right? Because the Psalms are a song, they're a poem. And so Selah, a lot of interpreters interpret it as pause, stop, and reflect on this. Isn't that awesome? So we read, God is an ever-present help, a refuge, my help in times of trouble. Stop and reflect on this. Fear is one of those vines like the one on my street and it wraps around you and it gets a firm grip on you. And before you knew it, it stops you from doing the things that you know you should be doing. Some of you should be pastoring, but you have let fear dictate and, and you've accepted a fourth row religion. And he said, fourth row is as close as I get to pastoring, to the pulpit. And that's okay because I'm scared. We want to lift, we want to break. I, I should have brought the, the loppers, the clippers. I want to just break that fear off of your life. I've seen fear stop people from worshiping. I've seen fear stop people from working, from studying, from reaching out, from going for better jobs. From, from, it keeps people from loving, from trusting, from giving. I've seen people, fear, keep people from loving relationship with God because they're scared. Said so if I get too, if I get that close to God, He'll find out that he's not going to love me, that I'm not worth loving. Title of this message is Because You Love Me. The worship team didn't know that, and they were telling you that all again and again and again and again. And then they sang a song that says, I resist the thing that hinders me from getting closer to you. So if fear is gripping your heart today, you need to say, I resist the thing that hinders me from getting closer to you. Amen? Receive that. Receive that. Tell somebody, you don't have to struggle with that. What's another choking vine? I had a hard time thinking of some of these, but here's one more. Another choking vine. How about shame, guilt, condemnation? Anybody ever been choked by that? Anybody ever had that put you back in your place? And, and, and you try to take a step forward and, and you feel the struggle and it keeps in you. Well, I guess this is where, this is my lot in life. This is where I belong. I can't get no better. I can't do no better. There's nothing else that I, I should just be happy right where I am and make the best of it. Shame and condemnation have, have pulled you back. I've had people tell me, you don't want somebody like me in your church. I've had people tell me, you don't want somebody like me in your church. God can't use me. All insecure and broken down because of, of things that they've done, because of things that have happened. And so I found this little thing on the internet. I want to just, just let all the excuses out. Can we do that? Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses had stuttering problems. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer, a man after God's own heart. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. It's in the word. It's in the word. He preached naked for three years. Nobody tried to hear that anointing and that call on your life. God would not do that today. 
you'll get locked up. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. It's a whole bunch of you. Martha worried about everything. That's the other half of you. The Samaritan woman, she was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus, he was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer, and the ultimate excuse, Lazarus, was dead. <laughs> Tell somebody, no more excuses. No more excuses. You don't have to struggle with that. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. John 3 says, he who believes in him, who clings to him, who trusts in him, who relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him, there is no rejection. There is no condemnation. Man, that should be exciting some of you. I've seen shame and condemnation and guilt stop people from worshiping, stop people from praying, stop people from reading, from, from even attending church. Family, you don't have to struggle with that. There are all kinds of struggles that we don't have to struggle with. Young people, please listen to me. You get into all kinds of relationships before you're ready for them. Causing so many unnecessary struggles. Can I get a young person to say amen? amen? I wish you'd wait. Because you don't have to struggle with that. You ain't ready at 14, at 15 to love on somebody. You don't know love yet. Amen? You don't know love. You're not ready at 16, 17. I'm, I'm threading dangerously now, right? Everybody's like, just don't, don't go there. You're not ready 16, 17 to start saying, I love you. You don't know what love is. If, if you can say that, it's probably because in your house you haven't even seen real love. Because you don't know what love is. If your daddy has left, if your mommy has left, then you don't know what love is. So don't tell a 15-year-old, I love you. Because just know that next month, you'll be telling somebody else. And the month after that, you'll be telling somebody else. And the month after that, you'd be, now you're tired of telling this, so now you got to up it one. No, I love you like, I mean, I've never felt this before. <laughs> this is so different. No, not like all my other girls. Yo, I love you like something crazy. Right? And so then you got to keep upping it and upping it and upping it. But no, I just, I just want to do the dirty. Right? Be real. You just want to do the dirty. And so you, 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 you put on so many more struggles than you were intended to go through. Somebody say amen. amen. So young people, don't struggle with that. I know MTV tells you you got to get it and do it as quick as possible, but, but you don't. Because look at the commercials in between for all the transmitted diseases and all the other stuff. That should tell you. That should tell you, right? Don't flash your boobies at nobody. That ain't necessary. You ain't ready for those kind of struggles. Amen? Amen. Young adults, 
Uh oh. Why do we refuse to take advantage of the freedom of singleness and use that time to prepare yourselves, to, to take advantage of everything that God has to offer, of the, the opportunities that he places before you and all around you? Why, why do you just let fear of being alone and then the shame of, of, you know, to tell us that we don't deserve better? Young adults, have you been burned before? Walk away. You'll get burnt again. He or she is a burner. Walk away. You deserve better. Amen? Is it all right to tell you that? Don't let fear and shame tell you, I've already messed up. I've already done this like 18 times. I've already had how many partners? I've already, so who's going to want me? Listen, God wants you, God loves you, and God wants to restore you, and God doesn't want you struggling with things that you have no business struggling with. Oh, Jesus. Amen. Oh. Women. You struggle with things that you don't have to struggle with. I will not list these because I live with eight of you. <laughs> Figure it out. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else. God made you different. Amen? And, and re realistically, guys, uh, uh, women, nobody wants America's Next Top Model. Now that we've seen the show, we see how phony it is. We see how empty it is. We see that there's nothing there. Amen? Stop comparing yourself. God made me curvy. Amen. Be curvy. God, amen? God made me, God made me less curvy. Amen. Be that way. Amen? Stand tall and be proud of it. This is it. This is me. I'm not saying you don't have to diet or you don't. You need to take care of yourself. Amen. This is our temple. Take care of yourself. We're not saying let everything go. Right? But, 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 but you struggle with things you don't have to struggle with. Amen? You don't have to struggle with fear and insecurity. Man. Come on. I know I don't have to go there with you, but we struggle with things that we don't have to struggle with. For instance, don't tell me that you can't stop thinking about other women, but you keep watching every R-rated movie that comes out. You, you look at the, the rating and you say R for sexual nudity. I can see an R-rated movie. It's not an X-rated movie. It's just R-rated. But you know the images that you're going to get flushed with are, not, are enough to give you a fix for the next couple of months. Amen? And you know that if you continue to focus on that and focus on that, now you need more. You got to get to the computer. And you know, guys, we, it's so easy to just put, up, put in the right word and get a nice picture. Right? And then what happens? Then we look at all this fake stuff. And then we look at our wives. And then, and then we look at all the wild, crazy stuff. And then we look at our wives. And we expect and we try to compare and then we struggle. Amen? Come on, I don't want to get all raw on you, but 
Figure it out, man. We struggle with things we don't have to struggle with. Monitor the, the eyes of the windows of your soul. Monitor what you see. Monitor what you watch. It does have an effect. Period. You don't have to struggle with that. Interesting fact. I'm closing. Promise. Three, four more pages. Job is the only book in the Bible wholly devoted to human suffering, right? It's one book out of 66. What's the next book after Job? Psalms. So after struggling comes singing. After struggling, what is God telling us there? After all the struggling, start to sing. Amen? Before the struggle, worship. During the struggle, worship. And after you've come through the struggle, worship. Sing songs. Pause and reflect on this. Psalm 1 said, the first psalm, the first one that comes right after Job. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Amen. Church, we make things harder than they should be, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. We will not enjoy that abundance if we're struggling with everything that we have no business struggling with. Let me end with this one psalm that I found, and I just love the way this sounds. Just listen. Just listen. Psalm 31, it says, I run to you, God. I run for dear life. Don't let me down. Take me seriously this time. Get down on my level and listen. And please, no procrastination. Your granite cave is a hiding place for me. Your high cliff is a, is a place of safety. You're my cave to hide in, my cliff to climb in. Be my safe leader. Be my true mountain guide. Free me from hidden traps. I want to hide in you. You've, I've put my life in your hands. You won't drop me you'll never let me down i hate all this silly religion but you god i trust amen and there's one verse listen to this listen to this there's one verse in in 16 it says warm me your servant with a smile save me because you love me and that particular verse struck a chord with me because if you've been around me any length of time and you've heard my daughters come around me, they don't ask me for anything without adding that verse. They said, Daddy, you want to buy me that sweater because you love me? My, my, my youngest daughter started this and my older daughter caught on to it. Daddy, you want to give me 20 bucks because you love me? Like, how do you, how do you, like, no? So if I say no to the 20, does that mean I don't love you? You know, it's, it's a little manipulative. But you're going to use that? Try it. Daddy's, daddy's melt with that stuff. And, and you know, I, I, I know the father's heart melts with these words because I do. Because I love them so much that when they say, Daddy, would you, would you buy me breakfast because, I lo- because you love me? All I want to do is say yes. Of course I will because of course I love you and of course there's some things that daddy knows not to 
not to say yes to, right? And I can't blame them. They got to play it, right? You know, Daddy, you want to give me $250 or, you know, because you love me? No. I love you, but no. You know, and so, and, and so Daddy is that way, isn't he? Our daddy loves us so much that we say, say, God, just protect me from this because you love me. Just help me to get through this because you love me. God, daddy, you want to save me, right? Because you love me. You want to help me figure this out because you love me. You want to protect me because you love me. And, and we trust that daddy's going to make the right decisions. Amen. Because he loves us. So because he loves you, Stop struggling with things that you have no business struggling with. If, if some of you, if, if, that, if, if this is speaking to some of you and you're saying, man, uh, fear, insecurity, shame, guilt, condemnation, those are all vines that have kept me from worshiping. Be bold right now and while the vine cutter is here, stand up. Come on, if y'all want to stay tied up, sit down. Because you know what I found? Listen, in, in, in the backyard, it, it's not only the trees that these vines go around. Anything that stays still long enough will get choked. We've left stuff in the backyard, like a little kiddie pool and a chair. And these vines will go around the chair and choke it up. Anything that stays still long enough. You want to you wanna get tied up, then just stay still long enough. Listen, some of you have been in church way too long to be so still. You've seen way too much. You've had God's mercy on you way too much. God has done so many things in you and in those around you for you to be staying so still and letting the choking and the vines and the pressures of this world um, um, just tie you down. Right now, while the vine cutter is here, in the last closing minutes, would you just start tearing up some of those tearing out some of that choking vine would you just start shaking things that you never shook before and be careful with that would you just start kind of stretching out would you just start getting yourself ready for worship and and if that's you you're saying i'm not gonna i'm not gonna struggle with fear anymore i don't want to struggle with guilt with condemnation the word says that i don't have to so Step forward and cut the vines completely. Step forward and just start to worship God as we close today. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.